CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, folks, what's up and welcome in. It is Hardwood Handicappers here on Tuesday, January 16th, and a, a light day today. I will be on my own. No Zach Cohen, no Kelly Bidlin, and it's also a short card, so it's not like we need a, a super long pod uh, to really get you through the day as we only have three games up on the docket and injury questions abound for multiple contests. So not a ton to go over. I will say that um, I wanted to hit last night because I wanted to really hit on just one of the games that I watched uh, quite a bit of, and that would be the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. It was actually pretty fascinating. Draymond Green comes back. You check out well, what we saw on the floor, and you're thinking, all right, well, no Marcus Smart, no Jared, excuse me, no John Morant, no Desmond Bain. This team, as Kelly and I kind of discussed, probably in a position where the Grizzlies, that is, got to get their faces kicked in quite a bit as we move forward. Now, yesterday, both of us kind of agreed, mm, are the Warriors the team to really go to bat with? Yeah, probably not. It's a lot of points, especially on the road. Let's see what happens. Sure enough, Warriors lose outright last night. In a pretty, uh, we'll call it ugly fourth quarter, 116 to 107, the final score. Memphis dominates in the important places that you are supposed to dominate if you're going to pull off an upset um, of that degree, which is, hey, look, uh, an eight-point underdog winning outright is no small feat, even if the market had maybe mispriced that underdog just a little bit. But if you're talking about three-point shooting, 37% from three, 20 of 54, though. So 37% on 54 three-point attempts is really going to get you there. And also, getting 30 more free throw attempts, uh, 32 of 40 at the free throw line compared to 9 of 10 at the free throw line for the Golden State Warriors. And turnovers were pretty big too. 19 turnovers for the Golden State Warriors, over 30 points off of those turnovers as well. So this has been, this was a pretty interesting game because in watching it, I actually had a lot of thoughts confirmed about the Golden State Warriors. It's just that the, or excuse me, about the Memphis Grizzlies, just that the Golden State Warriors really couldn't pull it off. You know, if you really watched the Memphis in that game last night, there was a lot of side-to-side movement. I think even Grant Hill said it perfectly on the broadcast. 
you know, there's a lot of left to right movement, but there's not a lot of north south, right? There's a lot of east west. There's not a lot of north south. There's not a lot of pressure within four feet of the basket. And it's a team that is going to take a high rate of threes. And you saw that yesterday. 55% of the Memphis Grizzlies' shot attempts came from beyond the arc. They only attempted 11 shots within four feet of the basket. That's incredible. And to attempt as many free throws as they did, despite the fact that they were putting no pressure on the paint, uh, really speaks to how poorly this game went for the Golden State Warriors. And specifically off of turnovers, it was incredible. An offensive rating of 228.6 off turnovers or off steals for the Memphis Grizzlies, according to Cleaning the Glass. Everything kind of went right for them here in this game. But as I mentioned, watching that yesterday did kind of confirm exactly what I thought, which is there's going to be teams that play a lot of zone. The Warriors did a little bit yesterday. There's going to be teams that just go, you know what, shoot, we will live with you guys taking a whole bunch of attempts because you don't really have a presence at guard that is going to create a ton of shots. You know, you got good minutes from Vince Williams, who had 24 points, seven rebounds, four assists on six of 11 shooting from the floor uh, at guard. You got a really good showing, especially on defense uh, from Jacob Gilliard, who had quite a few steals and was creating some noise, ended up going four or seven from the floor, three or four from three-point range. But those, I don't think, are going to be there every time. And while we sung the praises of Gigi Jackson yesterday, and he did again show up with 23 and six on six of nine shooting in 29 minutes, if this is the best that you have to offer as you move forward, there's going to be good defensive teams that are going to be able to really stymie you. And for Memphis, as we look at their schedule after this, right, they have a road game coming up in two days at Minnesota. I'd be very curious to see how they perform in that game because even though they pulled off the win yesterday, it was hardly impressive. It was more about Golden State, the lack of offensive presence outside of Steph Curry again, as usual, and the fact that that team – had an issue with turnovers and defending while fouling. That's all they did. It was a really interesting and ugly game, but taking away from it, especially because I wanted to you know, refocus up on the Grizzlies, since we talked a little bit about them yesterday with the news that Desmond Bain was going to be out. I really did think that it was, as odd as it sounds, a less than impressive performance from a victory standpoint yesterday. Uh, also yesterday, as we move on from there, one of the other things to, to note, um, a couple of things, I guess, but... I think the big one is because it ties into a game today, so we'll hit on that as an extension. Uh, but the OKC Thunder go on the road against the Los Angeles Lakers. Shea Gilgis-Alexander has allegedly been dealing with a sprained knee that has been giving him some issues. And yesterday you kind of saw uh, not only his limitations, but the Thunder's limitations to a certain extent. 112-105, uh, to the final score in a uh, OK game in terms of pace. But an offensive rating in non-garbage time of 107.1 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Shea was a solid 24.3 round six assists on nine of 19 shooting, but one of six from three point range got to the free throw line five times, but it's going to be pretty interesting to see now as we move into today's matchup, the Oklahoma city thunder on the Los Angeles back to back. They played the Lakers yesterday. They're going to play the Clippers today. What the status of Shea is going to be as we head into this game against the Clippers. It's part of the reason why I bet the Los Angeles Clippers today. It's that, this is going to be spot-wise just a really tough situation. Now, generally, the Los Angeles back-to-back is actually not the most challenging, right? Because it's in the same arena. You're staying in the same place. Uh, you're just, like, going back to your hotel room and coming back the next day. So it's just a back-to-back. You can even consider it a home back-to-back, right? Because you're not going anywhere. Um, so it's not the most challenging. But the fact that this is going to be the third game in four nights for the Los An- or excuse me, for the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight, and very quietly, the and I wrote about this today in the column up on the brand new website, by the way, at vcin.com. Looks spanking new and brilliant and beautiful. This has been a really unfavorable stretch for Oklahoma City. 
not only is it the third game in four nights, this is going to be their ninth game in 15 days. They have been active, man. They've been playing a lot. They got quite a few back-to-backs jammed up in there as well. And to be on the road against quality competition like this, to play against the, th- the, the, uh, the Lakers in a pretty physical game with your star dealing with a little bit of a knee issue, then to play again against the Clippers team that I just don't think that you match up that well with anyway. Uh, the Clippers, of course, two big-bodied wings in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that they don't, the Thunder, have like matchups for physically to defend. Um, they are both very good wing defenders themselves, so they can match up with what they have along the wing, the Oklahoma City Thunder, that is. If Shea doesn't play, that's a lot of shot creation that's not going to be out there. In the minutes without Shea heading into last night, they only had about a plus 1.6 net rating. So if he's not going to play here against the Los Angeles Clippers, that'll be a little bit of a problem here. And I think that with Shea playing as many games as he has, I think we noted it yesterday, I think it's 37 to 38 or 38 to 39 now. It, it 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 would seem that this would be the spot that the Thunder decide, you know what, Shea, you're going to take the day off. And it sucks because, I mean, I hope he plays. It's going to be a good game. And this is a big one when it comes to the standings in the Western Conference. So the Clippers are only two games back of the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're 25 and 14. The Thunder are 27 and 12. This could be a matchup that does um, really help decide who the top two, three seeds are going to be when all is said and done at the end of the year. And again, people like to go, it's only January. Well, it was only December. Then it was only November. This season goes by quick. And these games do matter when you're playing some of the powers that be in the teams that are seated around you in the Western Conference, as we saw last year, many different ways that those matchups mattered. So this is going to be a big one. I don't expect Shea to play. I expect that this is going to be playable. You know, upwards, I would say bet it now. Let me double check because we just had the 830 injury report. I want to make sure that as I'm recording this, you guys get up-to-date information. A little bit of an issue with uh, recording this early in the day. Yeah, still nothing officially from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And for the Clippers, who are coming off of a bad loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, I, it's, you know, look, it was a Sunday game. Idiotra Zubac was a late scratch, and they still fought their way back into that in that fourth quarter, ended up making it a three-point game and couldn't really come back into it. But I think now that you're coming back home against a team you match up well with and a team that has been in the situation it's in from a scheduling standpoint, would seem like this is a pretty favorable spot for LA to come in here and get a W over the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know why I say the W in that way, really enunciated. Uh, all right, so with that, like I said, it's going to be a pretty, it's going to be a pretty short episode here today. Um, not much to go over again with only three games, and we kind of just broke down one of them. So we'll take our break. We'll come back. We'll take a look at the next two games, and we'll get you out of here on a short episode of Hardwood Handicappers. All right. Other two games that are, well, I was going to say worth breaking down, but they're worth it because they're going to be the only other two games. Um, But we do have question marks injury-wise for these contests. Denver on the road against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, We would hope that we get the matchup that we all deserve and would like to see, which is Nikola Jokic versus Joel Embiid. The problem is uh, Nikola Jokic is questionable to play with a hip hip strain. Excuse me. He is one of... Let me see. One, two, three, four, four different guys, five different guys that are questionable. And pretty much this whole starting lineup is questionable for Denver. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., all questionable to play in this matchup for one issue or another. And then, of course, Philadelphia on the second leg of a back-to-back. Yesterday, Philly uh, got to see the return of Joel Embiid against the Houston Rockets. Now, that was the early morning game on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So you would expect that maybe – 
in a game in which Joel Embiid only played 31 minutes and, and played early, and the fact that you get more than 24 hours in between tip times, that this is not the uh, this is not the exact same sort of back to back as you expect. And Embiid looked pretty comfortable in, in dropping 41 and 10 on 12 of 21 shooting. So I would say there's a high chance than usual that Embiid is going to play, and they've already, they've already given um given voice to the fact that they are aware that Joel Embiid's status as MVP is up in the air just considering the game's missed. So I don't know if that's going to affect whether or not he's going to be out there, but I, I hate to say it. It's really hard to kind of come in here and go, I like this in this game, considering that there are so many different players that are questionable that can shape this line, including the two main cogs in Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. So it's really hard to recommend anything. The 76ers right now are two and a half point favorites. Total sitting at about 228.5, 227.5. It's pretty fair to just hang up two and a half, like a home court for Philadelphia, and then just see what happens from an injury standpoint. And I wouldn't recommend running in to bet on something like this, just given the fact that we don't know what the availability is going to be of either of these players. So it does suck um, because there's only a couple of games. You hope that this is going to be one where we get both of them out there and we get to see what we all want to see. Uh, but with this being the second leg of a back-to-back and with Denver right now, um, in the midst of, I want to make sure I'm going to get this right. This is the start of a four-game, five-game East Coast road trip. And they do have a tough one coming up next, too. It's at Philly, then at Boston, before finishing up with Washington, Indiana, and New York. So it's a pretty tough road trip. You want to make sure you're healthy and ready to go, and especially against an Eastern Conference opponent. If you miss one game, if you're Joe, or excuse me, if you're Nikola Jokic, same vice versa, by the way. Um then I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. So there's a higher probability that there's going to be some guys who sit in this game, even though we all want to see it happen. And the last one on the card today, um, one that I've actually, I've really considered um, betting, although I don't have a very good read on either team because I haven't watched them for about a week or so. So I definitely want to get a better read on it. But the Phoenix Suns taking on the Sacramento Kings, This is going to be a really fun and great game. Suns are slowly, quietly, I think, starting to kind of get their rhythm, get their feet under them as they're starting to, of course, play with some more continuity. Uh, But right now, seven and three, quietly, in their last 10 games. So putting it together over that course, uh, they only have four covers. So again, markets trying to like kind of keep pace with them. They're starting to play a little bit better basketball. But for me with Phoenix, again, I think who could be a sleeping giant if they're going to be fully healthy, it's just about that, about continuity and having their guys together. And every time we talk about Phoenix and I talk about him with Zach, I always bring up the same thing, which is the more minutes they play together, the returns are awesome. You just got to get them all out there together. So as of today, with Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker on the floor together, a plus 27.8 net rating, 139.7 on offense, 111.9 on defense. That net rating, that offensive rating, ranking in the 100th percentile, and their net rating with their starting lineup, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Grayson Allen, Kevin Durant, Yusuf Nurkic, a plus 22.6, and an offensive rating of 134.1. So this team's legitimate. They're good. They're going to be good as they play together and against the Sacramento team that is starting to show its cracks on defense. And I think we kind of knew this with Sacramento. The, the Kings aren't going to be like a top tw- uh, top you know, 10, top five uh, defense in the NBA. They went out to Milwaukee, had a shootout. It was fun. But this is a defense that you can take advantage of if you're the Phoenix Suns, especially with this elite starting lineup that is out there right now. Um, so I'm I'm really interested, I think, in the Sacramento, I mean, the Phoenix side, by the way, Sacramento, I was going to say, the Freudian slip there. 
117.8 defensive rating, and on the season, they're outscored by 0.3 points per 100 possessions. It's just not a tenable thing right now for Sacramento, and I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a rougher spot to go into Phoenix against a Suns team that is playing better basketball, that is playing together, just had the day off, had a short little spurt up California, up to the Pacific Northwest, played in Portland the other day. We were 11-point favorites, and they ended up winning by 11. Now to come back home and get ready after a day off for the Sacramento Kings, who are one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA over the last stretch, I think that Phoenix is pretty live here. And uh, the market, not so much like heavily agreeing with you here, but it is at 4.5 right now, the consensus number total sitting at 243.5, but I think the Kings are pretty live here and uh, we'll probably end up adding them uh, by the end of the day. The only question really is um, if Keegan Murray is going to play for the Sacramento Kings. If Keegan Murray plays, you can expect maybe like a point bump in favor of Sacramento, if that, maybe a half point. It depends on how the market wants to react, but I do think the Suns, given how healthy they are, the continuity they're experiencing, I think they're in a really good spot tonight against the Sacramento Kings. That late six, uh, it's uh, playable at six and a half with the Los Angeles Clippers. And uh, you know what we'll officially add, and I'll put it in the article too. I'll add the Phoenix Suns land four and a half against the Sacramento Kings later tonight. With that, we are all done. Short, sweet episode. Um, we will be back tomorrow on Wednesday. Zach will be back. He's had some personal things to take care of. Not like anything serious. Uh, something with the house or something like that. I think he's moving. Um, so he'll be back tomorrow. And uh, we'll have better conversations than me just bloviating into a microphone at you. How about that? So please uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, download as well. The downloads really help us out on the back end in terms of presenting stuff to our bosses. So we always appreciate it. If you could do that, we appreciate you listening as well. The growth again has been awesome. It really enjoy feedback at me, JVT at betting on X at Kelly Bidlin up on Twitter uh, would very much appreciate that. And again, the reviews, the subscriptions, all of that kind of stuff really helps grow this pod. And uh, we enjoy doing it and we enjoy that you enjoy or seem to enjoy doing this and listening to this. All right. I'm bloviating. I'm out. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow here on Harvard Handicappers. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.